Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I will unpack the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that today, more than any time before, we're living through the most impactful events in history, changes in the world that are leading to rising confusion, uncertainty, and ultimately fear. For those who are awake, your view of your world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Whether it's the growing social and political divisiveness, the need to pivot in business or career, or shifting family dynamics, very few know how to deal with or manage what is unfolding before them. Whatever you're experiencing in your world, Stephanie and I have deeper conversations about mental, emotional, and spiritual health that provide a context for the living that we hope inspires you to ask different questions and has you check in to ask yourself the hard questions. Like, is the path you're on the best path for your journey? Are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Our vision is to provide you ideas and tools that you can apply in your life that you can use to take steps in your evolution of being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen then, enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, hon. So take 10. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to fully disclose, this is the 10th time we've started this podcast. We're only like 60 seconds into it, and we got to start again because Stephanie keeps screwing up. I keep going down rabbit holes. Okay, so here we go. We've got an interesting, what we think is an interesting talk, but an important topic. I think it's a, a lot of uh, people will relate to it once we can actually get into it and start talking about it. Part of the problem is, is we've got a title, which you may know is already the, that if you're going to fight, fight right, don't be a right fighter. Now... This comes from a fundamental understanding and seeing and observing over the years and being this person where, you know, you have to be right. And you get into discussions and fight with your significant others, friends, family, business partners, whatever it is. And you have a strong need to be right. And, and at some point, it's so strong that even when you cross the line and you realize that, oh, I'm offside or I wasn't right. You can't say, oh, I was wrong or, oh, I see where I was fighting to be right. And how do I walk that back? So you don't walk it back because the ego needs to be right. And then the ego doesn't need to be or won't want to be embarrassed, shamed, made wrong, whatever that is. So these are conversations that the individuals who have a strong need to be right don't often know. Yeah, and there's a very narrow mindset when it comes to needing to be right, is that you can't really actually take the time to listen or hear the other side of the story. So there's a fundamental, you know, if you've had that fight or that argument, that debate, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call it, with your significant other, you realize that they just are not seeing clearly, but they are fighting to be right and they need to be right. And as a matter of fact, the wisdom in some relationships, the wiser one will just step back and go, okay, I'm not going to fight about this anymore. I'm not going to argue about it. You're right. 
usually me. <laughs> okay, I'm but, not going to go there. But I know, but it's a big talk. The point is, is that this is a topic we've dealt with. This, I mean, we've both over you know our years of being together and doing all the work that we've done on ourselves personally and that development, that space, personal, professional, as well as coaching. We start to understand that there are just those individuals, and we were in that space where. Without knowing it, we just needed to be right. And now there's a, un, un, in behind that, you go through that evolution of going, holy cow, that's true. I do realize now when it's somebody holds up a mirror and goes, do you just need to be right? And you have to stop sometimes and go, yeah, that's actually what I'm fighting for, to be right. And I'm not necessarily right. I might be, what did I used to say? I used to go, well, you're not wrong. No, oh, I know I that line used to drive me crazy. You never said, sweetheart, you're right. You just always said, you know, you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. So let's circle back to. Let's give it some context. The need to be right. The need to be right is also a barrier in allowing the other person to express fully their opinion or what is going on for them. So the need to be right can be a stop and a, a strong minimization of the other person and their opinion. What if I'm, what if I'm right? What if you're wrong or what if I'm wrong and you're right, but that's what stops the conversation. I don't need to be right. What I need is to be heard. Well, let's give that a little bit of Let's put some meat on the bone in terms of the conversation. Let's give it a, a little bit stronger context. You know, let's try an everyday kind of scenario that might show up in a family with a couple, okay? And it could be around laundry. It could be around cleaning the house. It could be putting gas in the car. So let's have an example of it. So you and I have an agreement. We had it very many years ago that we made it. We've ramped it up again. You know, back in the day, there was, you know, Fort McMurray fires, then there was floods, and then there was all sorts of things that were happening. And this was back in Alberta at the time. But ultimately, what we came to realize, and then we met somebody who was an expert on disasters. And we came to realize that what was happening in Fort McMurray is people were running out of gas. They had to evacuate their city and they didn't have enough fuel in their vehicle. So you and I made agreement a long time ago that we were going to have always no less than a half a tank was empty. Yep. And we both agreed that whoever was driving filled up the gas tank, filled up the gas tank. And that one itself was agreement because I used to get in the vehicle all the time and it was like a quarter full or empty. And I was always the one that had to go out and pump gas. That guy. Yeah, I was that guy. And you were that wife. So right? we got over all of that. But the point is this. So we go through, we digress in the story. We have an agreement and the agreement is when the tanks at half, whoever's driving fills, fills it, it up. up. So I jump in the vehicle. This is just a scenario. This has never happened in our house. I jump in the vehicle and it's down to a quarter tank. I'm a little cranky about it. I've had a tough day. I come home and I go, you didn't fill up the gas tank. And you go, well, I don't, I didn't drive it last time. And it was, you know, it was half a tank, half a tank. And I go, well, like, no, I just got in it. You were the last person to drive it, you know? And so first off you ask yourself, as we sit here today, I'm going, why would I even argue that? I don't I know, really, but, it doesn't but really an matter. Example. But this is just an example. Yeah. So the point is this, is that then the debate starts and it really then escalates. 
realization that it's got nothing to do... And blame. Blame blame. kicks in. And it's got nothing actually to do with the fact that the gas was empty as somebody had a shitty date. Now, that's an evolution of people realizing that. And But they come home and they make the other person wrong. You didn't fill up the gas tank. You agreed to do that. We did that. You're bad. Why did you do that? And you are on the other side of it going, listen, I don't know what circumstances you're looking at. And so you're trying to explain yourself. The other person just needs to make you wrong and to be right. That is a right fighter. Correct. It's self-righteous. Could be. Right. And what you did was make me wrong or that in that situation, you made the other person wrong. So there's a defense mechanism that kicks in. That's human nature. So instead of like getting back to the agreement and then discussing the agreement or, you know, with my clients, I always say, okay, we have a third entity. There's you, there's me, and then there's the agreement. So instead of fighting against each other, we discuss the agreement. I got it, but yeah. you broke the agreement and you're going, no, I didn't. There was circumstances. There was all sorts of things, uh, extenuating circumstances. So I didn't get a chance to fill up the tank. But if I'm a right fighter, hmm. I'm going to go until you concede. Right. And, and I'm crushed. Because... But you on the other side are going, <laughs> no, I'm not going to concede. I have a reason that I didn't fill it up. If I'm a right fighter? Well, or, no, or both regardless. Of you. If you've got couples that are both right fighters. Got it. Yeah. Then finally you say, okay, fine. You're right. right. Now, the person who's the real right fighter goes, yeah, I'm right. I win. Huff and puff and walk away. Now, do they feel better about it? Probably not. But the point is, is that's a really kind of crude example of right fighting. You know, and it could be any scenario that we run into on any given day that we're arguing about. It's like you're late. Uh, We went out for dinner and you said something you shouldn't have said. And it was an important business meeting. It could be like these are day-to-day things that can happen with couples, with family. You know, the kids that misbehaved, you know. We always hate it when our kids act their age at the wrong time. You know, quit acting your age. So the point is that the right fighting side of it. So where are we going with this conversation? First off and foremost is like to draw people's attention to and ask themselves, are you the right fighter? Are you a right fighter? You want to debate? You want to have an argument? You and I debate? You and I argue? A lot. No. Sorry. Just for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. So the point, <laughs> I joke. So the point is, is that we debate, we have arguments, we have heated discussions. Two things. Number one, we don't ever make it personal and neither of us need to fight to be right. Yeah. And if in those moments our ego takes over and it sounds like we're fighting to be right, which is most likely to happen with me, it's easy to draw my attention to it and or point it out. Which is rare, but these days, it's only taken me 60 years. (laughs) I know, but what's interesting about that, hon, is that I always know if we're fighting or if you're fighting to be right, it's because you are truly 100% wanting to take care of the family, to take care of me, to take care of us, to take care of our life. I don't ever feel like, and I guess that's, you know, when you think about it, an evolution of the relationship that we have is that. If we're fighting to be right, we're both fighting to be successful and 
committed to what it is that we say we want. But if our ego gets in there and gets caught, what I've learned to do for you, if you if, if I sense it's your ego, and hopefully if you sense it's my ego, is that you 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 kind of drop it and you're like, okay, she needs to be right right now. She needs to be right. And then I have to deal with myself, right? Yeah, and I don't even think I process it that way anymore. I don't think of it as you need to be right. I go, this isn't worth the... The fight. This isn't yeah. worth the discussion. Yeah. You know, and I just move on and it doesn't really matter. And I don't hold it against you. So again, it's not something I carry around. So I don't operate on top of it either. But that's the next level of understanding hmm. each other, understanding the relationship. It's one thing to just concede and give up and go, you know, bitch and walk away and then carry that forward into this is always happening. And then it shows up some other way. So these are insights into how do we fight right, not be a right fighter. Yeah. Because, you know, think about it, discussions, fighting, disagreements, misalignment and values, you know, right now in the world of polarity and divisiveness, like we're being introduced to things that that we could disagree on on so many different levels but if we're aligned on our values and we're still fighting for something i think with you and i and and i think i don't know if this was an an evolution or a a revolution but we fight for something we fight for our relationship we fight you know for clarity we fight for understanding and i think if we bring anything to the this podcast is that if we ask our listeners to say, okay, what is there something you're fighting against? But if you're in a relationship with somebody that you love and respect, whether it's a business partner, a partner, even with your kids, you know, are you fighting for your values? And that's why I think when we talk about understanding values is that you can fight to be right or you can fight for what's right. And what's right is your alignment of values. And what I always go back to and circle back to with you, even though in our darkest times, is that I never doubted your values. And I always fought with you towards our values. So for our listeners, take a look. What are you fighting for? Or is there something you're fighting against? So when you say fighting against, how do you mean it in the context that you're kind of presenting it? Like, I'm not quite following fighting for or fighting against. Like, I get the fighting for part, but what are you inviting well, people to do? If you're a right fighter, you're fighting against your partner or your lover or your partner in business or whatever. You're you're fighting to be right and that person has to be wrong. So there's a minimization there. Got it. Yeah. So, but that goes back to kind of that rudimentary example I gave around putting gas in the vehicle. And it could be around laundry. You didn't do my laundry or you agreed to do the laundry and you didn't do it. You know, whatever that story can be, that's what fights escalate from that. And that's where the right fighting happens. So in other words, household chores, normal everyday things the agreements that they have, perhaps even unstated expectations, that's a pink job, that's a blue job, what the hell are you doing, you know, if, if you operate in that world. But the point is, is that, you know, this goes back to what you just said, what are we fighting for? Well, we're fighting for the harmony of our home, and the operation of our home, and 
having space for each other to do what we need to do to support each other within that operation, within that space, as opposed to fighting against, which is the need to be right to say, you dropped the ball. Yeah. And it's interesting because there was a funny story back in the day is early on in our world is that we learn to not use the word we. We, meaning, hey, hi, we. We need milk. We need to fill up the gas tank. We. And then I'd come home and you said, the gas tank's not filled. I said, well, who's we? Remember the who's we conversation? Well, that's a conversation all the time. I think that teams have it, you know, in business, you know, the minute somebody says, we need to do this, it's not going to get done. Yeah, I don't care. I've over the years, I've walked away from far too many uh, boardroom tables, too many meetings that said, "Okay, we're going to do this," we. and it never gets done. So who's we? I don't know if that's in the same context as this well, in terms is, of the we. It can cause fights because we agreed, and you're like, "Well, you said." Well, no, I said. No, you said. No, we said. What? Who's we? Who is going to pick up the milk? Who is going to fill up the gas station? We need, or the car needs gas. But there's no specificity in the agreement. Hun, next time you're out, can you fill the gas? Next time you're out, can you grab the milk? Next time you're out, or vice versa. When I'm out, I'm going to fill up the gas. So these elevated, tiny little elevated conversations take out the ambiguity. Yeah, and it's not really, it just becomes habit, right? So it's not like it's a thought process. It's, you know, you and I having the agreement that whoever drives a vehicle and it's at a half a tank fill up the, take the gas tank to the top. That's just an example of it. So but if you, you know, what's really funny is that if it doesn't happen, you don't make me wrong anymore. You used to, but you don't make me wrong and I don't make you wrong. And what's interesting is that there's always a reason because we have the agreement, we can check in on the agreement. So I don't think it's a case of making each other wrong. I think the reason we don't make each other wrong is we don't have that strong need to be right anymore. And we understand that. But let's take the conversation into a bigger context, because when we look at what's happening in the world today and we see the right fighting, it's often, even in the very basic context of it, it's about control. And it's about feeling like you're losing control. There's fear. There's anger. Of course, anger driven by fear. There's a loss of control. There's a need to change and a resistance to that change, not wanting to change. Now we're in an environment, for example, the past three years, where so much uncertainty, so much confusion, so much seeming lo seemingly loss of control. And in reality, perhaps that's the case. It certainly was for the first couple of years of the pandemic, for example. And so when you start to lose control, when you start to realize that you're having to change and you're resisting that change, often it's because if you're a freedom fighter, you know, if you're that individual that's saying we are losing our freedom, then you are fighting for control. You need to be right. You need to be heard. So then there's the other side of that coin, of course, which is those who say, no, this isn't about that. This is about saving lives. It's about health. It's about a whole different conversation. So we are in a world right now that's divisive. There's lots of polarity. There's a lot of people that are needing to be heard and are needing to be right. Thousands of doctors say it's this way. Thousands of doctors say it's that way. Thousands of politicians say it's one way. Thousands of politicians say it's the other way. We got countries, states, provinces. I mean, imagine right now there's a lot of fighting to be right. And 
a lot of that comes from the sense of losing control and having to change or feeling being forced to be to change one way or the other and that sense of needing to be heard and needing to be right so that that change doesn't take place leaves people living in a very uncertain world fear of loss of jobs fear of loss of health fear of loss of finance i mean there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today so when we look at it you know just and break it down to the need to be right we give an example of you know talking about gas and households and couples at a very foundational level but i think in this world if you are a couple for example if you're taking on this world you need to be having the conversation about what's what you're really operating on top of you know is it a need to be right or is it just with all the things that are going on you're losing control and you need to regain some control yeah i get that and i think about you know our vehicles you know, I listen to certain podcasts and I, you know, keep your gas tank full and pack your bug out bag and do this and do that. I get that. You know, so if the the gas tank isn't full, it's an issue for me. But I have to take responsibility for that. It doesn't, it's not about you filling the gas tank. It's about what I'm operating on top of in that regard. And if we can, you know, as couples and friends, for sure in a relationship say, okay, here's what's going on for me. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what I need. Then you know what? I'm not going to make you wrong. I don't need to be right to make sure that the gas tank is full. I just need to be heard why I want it to be full. So this goes back to the fundamental, let's start with where, or let's go back to where we started, which is if you're going to fight, fight right, which just means in this case, not only being respectful and not driving, you know, personal attacks, which is, of course, a lot of what's happening in the world today, but let's not look outside of ourselves. Let's look at you as the listener and your relationships, whatever that relationship might be, which is fighting right. Well, what does that even mean? It means, number one, being respectful. Number two is understanding that at some level, it is about you and I'm going to say always. Yeah. And you know what? Not to interrupt, but there's going to be fights. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be conversations that aren't comfortable. And I think that's what's really cool about what we're talking about right now is that if we can do that respectfully and say, here's what I feel, here's what I think, and I hear what you think, and here's I hear what you feel, and then we meld that together. But we break it down in a couple different ways, you know, because we've, this conversation has gone lots of different ways. We didn't know where it was going to go when it started, but let's bring it home a little bit and tighten it up. First and foremost, if you're talking about friends and family, we're talking about the need to be right with friends and family is something that you need to bring your awareness to and understand that within the environment that you live and the relationship that you're trying to create. They're watching different news channels, right? So understand what everybody's seeing and come to an understanding of, are you fighting to be right, you know, and are you fighting against something, okay, within the relationship? And I'm not talking about the bigger world conversation, okay? Then there are those individuals that feel a need to go beyond that. But let's start at home, okay? Let's start within the environment that we have. And I'm talking about couples as in significant others, friends, family, kids, whatever that might be bringing your awareness to how are you fighting and fighting is healthy. I don't care what, you know, like when I hear a couple say, well, no, we never fight. 
I go, Whoa, okay, there's a problem. Scary. There's a problem. Yeah. That's my world. That's my opinion. we fight all the time. We do. And the point of it is that we also have rules of engagement. We know what we're fighting for and what is in behind it. You know, we're not making each other wrong. We're not attacking each other Ooh, personally. Don't step over that, cowboy. We know what we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're fighting for clarity. We're fighting for moving our family forward, moving our relationship forward. I have a, you know, something I had a realization a long time ago, which is I'm the first to raise a voice when I get into a heated debate with you or actually anybody, but mostly you. The point is, is that I realize that people yell at each other. Do you know why? Why? Because they're not being heard. Mm. And the need to raise your voice is because you feel you're not being heard. Good one. And when you start to have that realization of the other person yelling at you, one of the, I call it a tactic or an insight, an elevated point of view, is to realize that they aren't being heard. Now, you can get hooked into that fight. You can get hooked into that person's need to be right and yelling louder because they're right. And you can realize, oh, wait, they're not here. They, they think you're not hearing them. Yeah. So they're, they're raising their voice. That was a kind of a, a realization that I had. And um, I think I'm right about that. You are so right about <laughs> I that. I think I'm right about because that. Because when I yell, which is very rare, it's because I'm not being heard. You're right. true. So that's my, that's my uh, psychological philosophy. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so, um, so let's take a look at that. So that's at the core. And listen, we need to have that home base, that groundedness, that chosen family, direct family, significant other, whatever it is, is that if you're going to get into these heated debates, because that's where growth lives, by the way. We don't even need to call them fights, but if you're going to call it a fight, then fight right, you know, and it's not even a case of fighting fair, although that could be considered that it is really understanding and being reasonable in terms of getting your ego out of the way. And are you fighting against something or are you fighting for something? And are you fighting just because your ego says you need to be right? So that's a consideration. Now, take it to the next level, which is on a kind of global macro freedom fighters fighting for health on the other side of the equation, man, there is a lot of that going on. And you have to decide how you're going to take that on. We had this discussion with a friend of mine who goes, no, dude, this is a hill I'm going to die on. I know you don't have kids or he doesn't have kids. He goes, you have kids. I'm fighting for your kids. And this is absolutely control, psyop, whatever else he had going on with it. Now, I don't even disagree with him, by the way. As you know, we also see a view of the world that many don't see, and and that's fine. But I don't need to, at this point, I don't need to die on the hill. I don't need to fight for something. I don't need to be fight for her to be heard about it because I don't think whatever my opinion is is my opinion, and I don't think it's going to change the the world what i'm doing is and what we're doing is we're operating from a place of this is what we believe this is what we've come to understand and we're making data driven research driven decisions and that's how we're going to live our life yeah good point and i think i think based on if you're listening to this podcast you know what our thoughts are if you want to have a one-on-one conversation about that awesome but ultimately it's about looking at both sides and looking at how you're going to fight, what you're going to fight for, what is the hill you're going to die on, 
And are you able to continue to elevate your opinion so that when you fight, you're not fighting for your opinion. You're, you're not fighting for something that is historical that's, you know, so deeply rooted in something that's not even relevant today. Like, can you step back? Can you look around and see, okay, am I fighting for something that is real? And right now what's real for me, for us, well, for me is how do we move our family forward? How do we make sure that we're taking care of what we need to take care of financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, intellectually, so that we can thrive, you know, through whatever, you know, needle we have to go through. We don't know what's coming in the future, but I don't want to be a person that is fighting for something that is so low, low brow that it stops our conversation and stops our growth. There's a kind of a underlying thing about the fight to be right. And that is, is that there's an, there is a risk with it all the time. So in relationship, are you willing to risk the relationship? Are you willing to risk the quality of the relationship? Are you willing to risk the trust that you may have built or are trying to build with the relationship? Because Often what happens in those scenarios with couples and family and friends and the rest of it is that if you actually are fighting to be right, you could be compromising and risking the trust of losing trust and or perhaps even losing the relationship. On the other side of it, you know, when you go into the bigger scale with of what's happening in the world today, understanding that people are just operating in a lot of fear, loss of control. They're being feeling like they're forced to change, that they don't have the option, that they have to go forward in a direction that they don't agree with. And those are big, hard pills to swallow. And some are going to go, no, I'm going to fight for this. And they get very public about it. They get very big about it. You know, and that's that's a different kind of fight to be right. But even in that scenario, I think there's a way to do it that you will have more impact than being that person that goes, I don't know, hang Trudeau, you know, put Fauci in the gas chamber, whatever the story, like they get, there's like this radical thought process that shuts everything down, yet they're fighting to be right. Right. But that could be the only way and need of expression in that regard. It's like when you see somebody that is, in your opinion, working against the rights and the, and, the, and the good of humankind, yeah, that can activate a lot of people in a negative way. And I get it. I get it. But ultimately, what we have to be able to do is so, okay, how do we act in a way that's responsible, in a way that, you know, moves our society forward, moves our families forward in a way that, you know, th those people are going to do what they do. You know, what, what we've seen over the last three years has been quite dramatic and it's quite negative and but there's so much to learn and if we want to be right about what we think because they're wrong then we're buying into the divisive the divisiveness yeah i think there's a fundamental that i'm going to go back to as we wind this down so I don't know if we've accomplished what we set out to accomplish and on uh, take 10 on take 10 but i will say this is that regardless of what's going on in the outside world, and there is a lot, we look at what's happening, you know, recently we came off a weekend where we had a 
you know, pretty large crowd of people that were looking at what's happening in the world. And I was looking at transportation changes and 5G. And one of the things that came up in that conversation is where cities are going. And we're talking about 15-minute cities. Then there was the conversation about Edmonton taking on 15-minute cities. Well, it's been in their works for over two years. They're just coming to mainstream media with it now. They, in their world, the city has said, well, no, we've communicated this with people. And now what's happening is because more mainstream media Media is picking up on it. People are going, okay, this is just another degree of control. Very negative kind of connotation around the thought process of 15-minute cities. Yet those who see the other side of it are going, no, it is what we need to do. It's environmentally friendly. It is 15-minute walks. It is riding your bikes. It's taking cars off the road. And so there's a lot of Future state. Future state. And that requires change. It requires... And it's uncomfortable. And change is uncomfortable. But it's also uncertain. And people are living into a world of uncertainty that they're not okay with. And so they are pushing back. Now, that is fighting against and that is needing to be right in that sense, right? So we we talk about being right. They feel that their freedom is likely being compromised. Right. and. If I'm going to throw my hat in that ring, is that I agree. So instead of, you know, fighting against it in a ridiculous way, I attached and and, uh, emailed the city of Edmonton, for example, because we have, that's our home. That's our, we have apartment there. But you're questioning it. You're questioning questioning it, but I'm not fighting it. I'm saying, okay, I'm logically asking questions. How does this work? Why does this work? Is this environmental really? How do I, as a skating coach, go from my apartment to the 16 different rinks I have to be in in and, and, and get taxed on it? So asking those questions is not wrong. It's well, not about being wrong. Well, no, you're getting more information so you can make a decision and you can really look at what the consequences of it are. Yes, we own real estate there. We own a condo there. We have businesses there. So we have a very vested interest in what's going on in Edmonton and we want to know so that we can make decisions. And we may end up disagreeing with what they're doing. And at that point, we'll make a different... We have to make a new decision. We'll have to make a different decision. So... That is not a need to be right. It's actually looking for information as opposed to immediately saying this is wrong, wrong, you know, and I'm going to fight against it and make assumptions without asking questions. Now, on the other side of that, this particular debate is the fact that I don't think the city of Edmonton is doing a good job of communication. That's just my view. And they've done none. Well, they have. No, they haven't. I've researched it. Unfortunately, so they have not done a good, a good job, job of communication, which is what I'm saying. So the point of it is that when we look at the need to be right, we have to get back to what I was going to say is this. As Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And when you break that statement down, it's be the change you want to see in your world. Mm-hmm. And so that means being grounded. It means not fighting to be right. And it is really fighting for something. That's right. But start yeah. by fighting for your family, for your business, for your friendships, for your relationships. Then you can go outside of that, but bring it home. And I think that, in fact, would bring the tension levels down a little bit more when you can get and have a conversation that you don't have to yell because you're not being heard. 
Yeah. And be on the side and be on the side of the people that you love and be on and ask them to be on your side. And that's the difference between being right and being a right fighter. If you have to be a right fighter and you have to push against and you have to, you know, decide on a hill you're going to die for, which I respect, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that people are going to hit their wall. For me, I want to be able to see how do we move through this? How do we move through what we're going through right now, what we're going through in relationship? Because really everything distills down to who we're being in our core relationships. Am I a good fighter? You know, I don't think I am. Do I want to be? Yes. You can be a good fighter. You're, uh, you fight right, but you're not a right fighter. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the key to all of this. Well, I'm, and com- when we, I'm committed to us. Hon. When we bring our awareness to fighting right, not being a right fighter, it really uh, brings awareness to understanding that you have to be asking yourself when you're in these debates, when you're in these heated discussions, when you're feeling the need to be right, what are you willing to risk? And if you step back from the need to be right, to think about fighting right, not being a right fighter, it can actually change how you show up and how you're heard, and it can change how your relationships evolve and develop. And having said all of that, thanks for uh, working through this. Oh, man. You know what, hon? I will never want to be right over losing you okay this is the everyday millionaire mindset matters podcast sin bye bye that was kind of fun ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening if you found value in the podcast please take the time to rate and review and share with others share with your friends as it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.